Blog Talk Radio. for the next two hours we will be talking sports and having fun doing it i want all your ideas all your opinions and all your beliefs and of course as always you will get a heavy dose of my opinion if you have an opinion the number to call 646-727-3070 that's 646-727-3070 you can listen to the show at blog talkradio.com slash pgant that's blog talkradio.com slash pgant and you can send messages to the show on Twitter, at GoForItCant. And while you're there on Twitter, at GoForItCant, you can give me a follow, at GoForItCant. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Kenny Anderson, former NBA star. Kenny Anderson has a great basketball institute that he's about to start up in Florida, looking to expand it throughout the country. Kenny Anderson, one of the big-time New York City point guard. You know about those New York City point guards. Kenny Anderson is one of those New York City point guards, and we're going to talk to him. Talk to him about some of the things also going on in the NBA. Also expect to be joined by WNBA star and now author, Swing Cash. She has a great, great book out. Great book out, Swing Cash does. The book is titled Humble Journey, More Precious Than Gold. We're going to talk to Swing Cash about this great book she has out and some of the great things she has going on. As well, also we're going to be joined by TV insider Brian Sheriff. We're going to talk about the weekend in sports. What's on? What to watch? What not to watch in the world of sports this weekend? Brian Sheriff is going to break it down for us in the seven o'clock hour. Seven o'clock hour, seven thirty. Expect to be joined by Kenny Anderson. Seven fifty-five. We're going to be joined by TV insider Brian Sheriff, and at eight thirty. We're going to be joined by Swin Cash. I want to start now in the NFL. I want to start in the NFL, and I want to start Alex Smith. It went down a couple days ago. Alex Smith is now, well, will be in March a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. He will be a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, Alex Smith. And Alex Smith, we know Alex Smith. And what he's experienced over this past year, Alex Smith was a guy that, hey, I mean, let's be honest. He was pretty close to getting the 49ers to a Super Bowl. He was pretty close. Now, we we, we, we talk about Alex Smith as being a game manager, and he probably is along those lines, more game manager than game changer. But I, I look at Alex Smith, and, I, and I, I say, you know what? He was pretty close. He was pretty close to getting to the Super Bowl. He was close. Now, you could argue that a, a couple Kyle Williams fumbles and that the 49ers would be in the Super Bowl a year ago against the New England Patriots. Possibly the 49ers could be Super Bowl champions last year with Alex Smith. But they were close. And Alex Smith, while he wasn't a guy that put up big-time numbers, he was a guy that didn't hurt you. 
He didn't hurt you. 17 touchdowns, five interceptions in 2011, and before he was replaced by Colin Kaepernick, was having a similar type season in terms of his efficiency, in terms of protecting the football. He protected the football, Alex Smith. He protected the football for the San Francisco 49ers. And one of the issues that the Kansas City Chiefs had was, well, Matt Castle couldn't protect the football. Matt Castle was a turnover machine. And because he was a turnover machine, it hurt the the Kansas City Chiefs. This was a team that, believe it or not, has six pro bowlers. Believe it or not, 2-14 team with six pro, six pro bowlers. But Matt Castle really, really turned the football over last season. He hurt the team. He really hurt the team. Only six touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Well, with Alex Smith in the fold now for the Kansas City Chiefs, the interception numbers are going to go down because Alex Smith has proven over the past two seasons that he protects the football, that he'll do what he he'll protect the football. He won't hurt you. He won't hurt you. Now, I'm not saying Alex Smith is a savior because as far as I'm concerned, Alex Smith is not a savior. If you're looking for Alex Smith to be a savior, I don't think you're getting that. But the Chiefs have a fairly solid defense, have some talent on defense, have a running game in Jamal Charles. They bring back Dwayne Bow. The Chiefs have a you – know, Dwayne Bow is a weapon, is a big-time wideout. So you bring him back into the mix, and – Hopefully, if you're a Chiefs fan, that'll change some things for you. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, anything is better than Matt Castle. Anything is better than Matt Castle. He will be 29 years old, Alex Smith, when the season starts. He will be 29 years old. 29 years old. And the two years that Alex Smith spent in San Francisco under Jim Harbaugh, 35 touchdowns and only 10 interceptions. And, oh, by the way, 20-6 and six and 1 as a starter. 26-1 as a starter and a completion percentage of 70%. Now, again, I'm not big on Matt, uh, Alex Smith. I don't know if I'm completely sold on Alex Smith. But the numbers are the numbers. And at the end of the day, this thing is all about winning. Now, does he have the same type of team that he left? Is he coming to that same type of team in Kansas City? He, probably not. I mean, the talent on the 49ers, I think it's, it's a little more than what's on the Chiefs. A little more than what's on the Chiefs. A little more. But the Chiefs are a team that, you know, if they would have gotten better quarterback play, may have been a team that could have been a little better. Maybe those two games would be 
the two games that they win, maybe they'll up them up to six or seven. Maybe. Maybe. But I don't know. You look at the Chiefs, and this is a team now. Hopefully, with Andy Reid in the fold, say what you were about Andy Reid. He had some the last two seasons in Philadelphia were, were, were bad for Andy Reid. They were bad. They were bad. They were absolutely bad. And, you know, last year was bad in Philadelphia. It was bad. It fell apart. Just completely and absolutely fell apart for Andy Reid. Tried to put together a, a, a dream team type roster, and it just fell apart. It just did not work. It did not work those two years for Andy Reid. The team that he put together, the team that he put together with Michael Vick as the quarterback and adding Namdi and adding a bunch of others, it just did not come together. It didn't come together. And because it did not come together, ultimately Andy Reid had to suffer. He had to fall. He fell because of it. He fell because of that. His team, the Philadelphia Eagles, just was not a good football team these past two years. They beat themselves. I mean, the, the Eagles beat themselves. They were so undisciplined these past two seasons under Andy Reid, the final two seasons of the Andy Reid era. They were, just, they were just a team in disarray. They really were. And you look at discipline, discipline to me falls on the coaches and the players as well. But the coaches are in charge of discipline. And Andy Reid was in charge of, for the most part, the personnel that was there. He was in charge. So it was his guys, his team, the Jets did not happen for the Philadelphia Eagles over the past two seasons. Who knows why? Well, you could say the quarterback didn't didn't play that well over those two seasons, and he didn't. You could say the defense didn't play that well over the two seasons, and it didn't. You could say, well, the defense, the man who was running the defense for a year in four games, year in six games, I should say, was the former offensive line coach and has never been a defensive coordinator on a college level. He wasn't a defensive coordinator on the college level, and this was his first job as a defensive coordinator since I think he was a defensive coordinator. Juan Castillo was a defensive coordinator on the high school level. That was the last time he was a defensive coordinator. Andy Reid hired him. Andy Reid hired him. So Andy Reid obviously made some questionable decisions over the past two seasons. You could argue giving Michael Vick the money that he got, the $100 million contract. You could argue that was a mistake. You could argue that was a mistake. I mean, a lot of mistakes was made by Andy Reid. A lot of things, a lot of mistakes were made by Andy Reid over the past two seasons. And it really, really hurt. The Kansas, uh, not the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles. Really hurt the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, 
Will Alex Smith, can Alex Smith change the fortune of the Kansas City Chiefs? Obviously, by making this deal, the Chiefs really are not in love with any of the quarterbacks that are in the draft, the Geno Smiths, the Matt Barkleys, the E.J. Manuels. They're not in love with those guys, obviously, by making this decision. And Alex Smith, the young quarterback, still a fairly young quarterback, in his prime, in his prime. But let's not forget, Alex Smith has never thrown more than 20 touchdowns. Has never thrown more than 20 touchdowns in a season. Never. Never has thrown more than 20 touchdowns. Also, Alex Smith, you look at him now, under Andy Reid, well, let's look at it in San Francisco. It was, it was an offense predicated on the run. He was protected by a good run game. Andy Reid is a guy that I've watched for many years in Philadelphia. He wasn't a guy that was in love with the run. You wonder if that changes now. Or does a leper really change its spots? Does a leper really change its spots? That's something to think about. But the Chiefs gave up a second-round pick in 2013 and a second-round pick in 2014. That pick this year is going to be the first pick in the second round. So 49ers, they really have some assets right now, 11 picks in this draft. They really put together some assets. But we'll see what Alex Smith in the San Francisco 49ers offense will do next season in Kansas City, I should say. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm not blown away, obviously, by this move. But what I will say is this. One thing Alex Smith has done over the past two years is win. 26-1 and one is a guy who's won. He's won. 26-1 and one over the past two seasons. 26-1. and one. So, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, Alex Smith, it's an upgrade, obviously, over Matt Castle, but in terms of whether or not Alex Smith is a guy that we truly believe, or I truly believe, I should say, I'm not going to put it on you, I'm going to put it on me, that I truly believe, I, I I don't know. I don't know. He's going to have to do a little more than he did in San Francisco, I would think. And he's going to have to be better than he was in San Francisco. Maybe those touchdown numbers need to go up. Maybe the touchdown numbers have to go up. Never has had more never has had more than 20 touchdowns. So you're figuring maybe those numbers have to go up in Kansas City. He's probably going to have to do more. He's probably going to have to do more. He is. And you look at look at his numbers in 2011. I want to go back to 2011 for a moment now. And let's look around the league and some of the guys. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 
502 times, Breeze 657 times, Brady 611 times, Romo 522, Matthew Stafford 663 times, Manny Eli, Eli Manning 589 times, Matt Ryan 566 times. And you're wondering why I'm throwing out these numbers. You got Ben Roethlisberger, 513 attempts. And you look at Alex Smith. You look at Alex Smith. You look at his numbers. And he was the ninth-rated quarterback in 2011. But he threw the ball only 445 times in 2011. Threw the ball only 445 times. In 2011. And this was a guy who started all 16 games for the San Francisco 49ers. He started all 16 games for the 49ers. All 16 in 2011. And threw the ball only 445 times. Only. Only. Conversely, the quarterback that played under Andy Reid in 2011, who was Michael Vick, threw the ball only 22 times less than Alex Smith, okay? But in that 2011 season, Michael Vick missed four games. Missed three games, excuse me. And he missed three games, Michael Vick. And he only had 22 less attempts than Alex Smith. So what does that tell you? A, Alex Smith didn't throw the ball a lot over these uh, in 2011, his big season, his best season as a pro. But also that Andy Reid does throw the ball a lot. Michael Vick, again, missed four, three starts and has 22 less completion attempts than Alex Smith. You think about that. So that tells me Alex Smith is probably going to have to throw the football a little more with Andy Reid. He's probably going to throw the football a little more with Andy Reid. That also tells you that he wasn't asked to do everything in San Francisco. So, for those of you who think Alex Smith could be the savior. Look at those numbers in 2011 in comparison to the other quarterbacks around the league. Look at his attempts. He wasn't asked to do, he wasn't asked to beat you. What he was asked to do was don't turn the football over. Don't hurt us. Don't hurt the team. Don't hurt her. Don't hurt us. Don't hurt us. Help us some, but don't hurt us. Help us some, but don't hurt us. We'll see what happens with Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward. I want to switch gears now to the NBA. And Andrew Bynum, and this is, this is a topic that is uh, near and dear to my heart. For a lot of reasons. A, lifelong Philadelphia 76ers fan. And coming into this year, 
You know, the Sixers, as a Sixers fan, and we saw Doug Collins this week had a, had a little mini meltdown, basically. But as a Sixers fan, you know, coming into this year, this was supposed to be our year. I'm not saying we were going to beat the Miami Heat. I'm not saying we were getting to the NBA Finals. But I was thinking possibly winning the Atlantic Division, possibly going far in the playoffs. We got the big man, Big Bynum, the, the, the second best center in the game. We got him. He's in Philly. We welcomed him with open arms. And I'm saying we because I'm a lifelong Philadelphia 76ers fan. Fan. So this is personal. I opened my arms to Andrew Bynum. I hugged him. I didn't personally hug him, but hug him. But I hugged him through my TV screen. I, I, I mean, this was oh happy days. I was just singing a song, oh happy days. Andrew Bynum is here. It was all happy days. Oh, these days are not happy. Andrew Bynum has had another setback. First, he's supposed to be back in, like, January. Then he, he was supposed to be back air, maybe before or after the All-Star break. Even before that, I think he was supposed to be back in November. I forget it. I've just been so many times. But Andrew Bynum came out today, and he said, you know what? He had another setback. I don't want to play in, play in pain. And and this is off coming off the heels of well, a couple of weeks back. He's talking about you know what, hundred percent chance I'll play this year, a hundred percent chance I'll play this year. That's what he told us. So there was no ninety, no ninety five, no ninety six, no ninety seven, no ninety eight, no ninety nine point nine. He said a hundred percent chance he'll be playing in twenty twelve twenty thirteen NBA season. That's what he said. That's what he told me. So he told us. But now he's saying you know what. These are, these are his quotes. It's getting late. I don't know about playing this season. I don't want to play in 25. Uh, excuse me. I don't want to play in pain. I'm 25. It's my life. I don't want to play in pain. I'm 25. It's my life. It is your life. You are 25. And I thought playing in pain was a kind of part, a part of what? You do, but again, it is your life. Again, you are 25. Uh, again, it is your life. And he went on to say, I think being healthy is more important than everything else. If I am healthy, I'll get a deal. I have to be able to play, and I need to get to the point with my body where I'm able to play, however long that takes. Well, it's it's probably going to take this season. Andrew Bynum doesn't want to play in pain. Andrew Bynum, it's his life. He's 25. It hurts as a Sixers fan to 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 deal with this Andrew Bynum thing. This was supposed to be uh, it was supposed to be such a beautiful year in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center but now Andrew Bynum has had a setback after setback after setback 
and another setback, and he's not going to play in pain. He's experienced swelling and discomfort in his right knee after practice. He's, I don't know, he went to Germany this offseason to get the treatment similar to Kobe. That was supposed to help. There's talk that he has no cartilage in his knees. So how much does this guy have to give moving forward? He's going to get a deal, I believe. And it might be with the Sixers. It might be with the Sixers. But he's going to get a deal. Somebody is going to bring in big Bynum, big Andrew Bynum. Somebody is. Somebody is. Somebody is going to bring in big Bynum. Who will it be? Will the Sixers bring him back? I mean, I, I look at the Sixers, and I just don't know, unless they go through the draft, if they will have an opportunity to get some of the big fish, big fishes that are out there. I don't know if it's possible. I, I'm one of these guys who would love to get his hands on Dwight Howard. I would love to have Dwight Howard as a Sixers fan. You can talk about back, and you can talk about maybe he's a, he's a cancer. You can talk about what's going on in L.A. You can talk about all those things. But what I, what I saw, a guy, he's not healthy. He's not completely healthy. And even, at, he's not at full strength, 75 80%, he says. He's not at full strength. And even not being at full strength He's still putting up a double-double. He's still leading the league in rebounds. Still averaging two blocks a game. So he's still balling somewhat. And he's not 100%. So as far as I'm concerned, it's just me. If I have an opportunity at Dwight Howard, I'm getting a Dwight Howard. If I have an opportunity to get Dwight Howard, I'm going to get Dwight Howard. Say what you want about him. Say you can, you can call him a flake for all the things that happen. I want to stay here. I want to go here. I don't want to be there. I want to be here. You can say all that. You can say all those things about Dwight Howard. But at the end of the day, and this is that's truly at the end of the day, the man is still the best center in the game. The man and this is a man at 75 to 80%, still the best center in the game. And you can, also, you can argue, okay, there are, not many, there are not a lot of great centers in the NBA. It's a dying breed on some level. And I'll, and I'll give you that. But Dwight Howard did lead his team to the NBA Finals. He did lead a team to the NBA Finals. I don't know if you remember that. He did. Did lead his team to the Conference Finals. As well. So, you can say what you want to say about Dwight Howard. About all, and I think all the stuff you're saying, I don't really think that is on the court. Yes, his free throws, free throw shooting needs to get better. It does. It does. Is he as dominant as Shaq was during Shaq's heyday? 
No, he's not. But is he a better defender than Shaq? Probably. Just as good of a rebounder as Shaq? Sure. But he is, is he as dominant as Shaq? And I tell you, no, he's not. He's not as dominant as Shaq. But who is? Who is? If I had an opportunity at Dwight Howard, I'm getting a Dwight Howard. Point blank, bottom line. If I have an opportunity at Dwight Howard, I'm getting a Dwight Howard. When we come back, we're going to be joined by NBA legend Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson has a lot of great things going on now. We're going to talk to him about what's going on in the NBA now and also talk about his basketball institute that he's starting out there in Florida. And he's looking to move this thing around the country. We're going to talk to Kenny Anderson when we come back. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! We're back, and we're going to bring in a guy now, NBA legend, a guy who kept the, the thing going in New York City that tradition of New York City point guards. Let's bring him in now, former NBA star, Kenny Anderson. Kenny, how are you, man? I'm doing well, man. I can't complain. Everything is good, man. Thanks for having me Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. And, Kenny, we're going to get to your basketball institute in a moment, but I want to start on what we saw the other day with Steph Curry. 54 points at the Garden. He was big time. He was hitting everything. Ten three-pointers. He got it done. You grew up in New York City. You played at the Garden many times. Where does this performance rank? Oh, man. It's up there with the great ones. Michael Jordan, LeBron, Kobe. It's the way he did it. It's efficiency. You know, he was 11 for 13 from the three. He was just, he was just in a zone. You know, he, right. he shot one shot. Where he just shot, threw the, he shot the ball and just didn't even look at the basket. He just knew he was in the zone. And when, you know, when a player gets in the zone, it's like it's like the basket is up, like it's an ocean, you know, and you, and you, <laughs> you just can't miss. And uh, to do it, to do it on on Broadway, to do it at the Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena in, in the world, it's, it's, I know how he he must really feel really good about himself in his game. You know, I, I was funny. That's I remember. A- him, you know, I played at the Charlotte, um, Charlotte Hornet. I played with his father in like '97 when I was with the Hornets, and he was the ball, he was the ball boy, and he could shoot then. So you know, how <laughs> far he's come. He's a great player. And one thing about his daddy, I mean, Del Curry. I mean, you played with him, you know. Yeah, yeah. That man had the quickest release I've ever seen, and it, it, it's just pure. Oh, definitely pure. He gave me some of my assists, so I can't complain. <laughs> but uh, it was great That's- playing with him. He was a great shooter. That's definitely a good thing. And practice, man. This dude just wouldn't miss. Uh, open <laughs> shot, you can forget it. It's bottom. What is it about Madison Square Garden? I mean, it seems to bring the best out of everybody. You talked about 
Jordan, the double nickel, LeBron, his big-time performance, Kobe, his 61 points. What is it about Madison Square Garden? You grew up in New York. What is it about the Garden that brings out the best in everybody? It really, you know, I just, like I said, it's the most famous arena. You know, uh, it's just, uh, first of all, I think it has a lot to do with uh, me. And I always say, you know, basketball, New York was the mecca. Mecca basketball in New York. Right. And um, I just think all the players from different um, cities, different countries, they want to perform in New York. That's why what makes Rucker Park so so special. Um, right. You know, you want to you want to perform in New York City, and if you could do it there, you could do it anywhere against the toughest competition. Um, and I think I think that the the Garden has that to see that that aura. You know, when you step right. into the, the arena, you want to you want to have those big time uh, big time games. See all the stars. You know, all the all the great players want to you know stimulate uh, uh, Reggie Miller. And you see Spike Lee. You know, you know, uh, <laughs> watching the game. He's a big Knicks fan, and you know, it's just it's just that aura, man. That um, I think uh, comes with playing in New York. That, that's a guard. Definitely. And I want to switch gears now. I want to look at the Lakers. This is a team right now. Been struggling throughout the course of this season. At, at this point, they're on the outside looking in in terms of the playoffs. From what you see, what is wrong with the Lakers? Uh, you know, first of all, I just think they um, they uh, fired Mike Brown too soon after five games, 12 games or stuff like that. Um, I just think Mike D'Antonio, you know, with his style, his, 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 his play in Phoenix when he had a young Steve Nash and right. that young Stoudemire and, you know, that running gun style, I just, it's just the roster that he has with Paul Gasol and uh, Dwight Howard. You cannot run that type of style. And um, I think Kobe, you know, with Kobe, he probably one of his greatest years, man. It's amazing. As, as he gets older, he's getting better. But with Steve Nash, Kobe, Dwight Howard, Paul Gasol, Hey, they shouldn't be in this situation they're in. Um, but Definitely. at the same time, you know they wouldn't mesh right away. So now Steve Nash has got to can't be a facilitator. He has to move over. Kobe is being a facilitator. So that's something new for Steve Nash getting used to. He's usually one that dominates the ball. And I didn't think when he came to the Lakers that he was going to be able to do that. You know, so that kind of took away from his skill level, you know, his skill factor, what he's great at. Now you got Dwight. So first of all, you got Paul Gasol. Who you take him away from the basket? Who he's one of the best low post players in the league, not right. only in, in 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 NBA but overseas. He's a proven winner. You cannot take him and put him far off that basket. He's a great passer, great low post player. So now you you messing with you messing with his game because of your system. And then you got Dwight Howard, who's coming back from a back injury, who's um you know not himself. Now he's he's getting into shape and he's getting into himself you know, the way he's normally playing. So it, it, it had a mixture of things, you know, right. I, I thought going into the season about the uh, the Lakers. You know, even though they had that talent, you know, the four five, maybe four Hall of Famers, but it takes time. But I just don't think Mike D'Antonio is the answer, is the key, you know, right. for that team, the roster that was built. I didn't think he it was for his system. And, and I think the reality is when the Lakers decided to move on from Mike Brown, okay, I'm okay with that if you're bringing in Phil Jackson. But I'm not yeah. okay with that if you're bringing in Mike D'Antoni because, like you said, to your point, his system does not fit the players that you have. And also, you look at Mike D'Antoni when he had his most success. They play small ball. 
They they play small ball, and the Lakers, with like you said, Gasol and Dwight Howard, they're not small. So he's taking one of those bigs out. So now you got Earl Clark. He thrives right. off a system like uh, like D'Antoni. So that's what he used to. One of the uh, athletic small, uh, you know, forwards, running, gunning, right. shooting, could slash. That's not Paul Gasol's game. So Definitely. you know, my my thing is you got to do something with him. You know, when he comes back, um, you know, from his injury, uh, Paul Gasol maybe trade him, get some pieces. But if 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 I'm Paul, Paul, I I, I can't play under Mike D'Antoni. They have to do something. They have to get me out of there. They got to get rid of him. Or, you know, it's that he, he's just not going to be able to perform well in that sense. And we'll see what happens. But Tony has three years left on that contract, so that should be interesting. We look at the Lakers, Kenny, and 59 games into the season, 23 games left for this ball club. They're two games behind the Houston Rockets for the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Bottom line, do the Lakers make the playoffs? I believe they might make it through default. You know what I mean? I believe they might make it because of Houston start losing, um, you know, the losing games and things like that. But Kobe right now is on a tear. He's playing great basketball. But um, and I, I don't know, man. I'm up in the air with it. You know what I mean? Right. But Houston, I got to see the schedules. I don't know who has the hardest schedule. Houston, and you got Utah. Some of those teams are going to fall back into the pack of six, right. seven, and eight. But um, the way they're playing, they're playing very well now. But you know, maybe their their schedule will help out the Lakers. You know, but you know, by them, you know, must win. You know, they're in trouble when they're having a must win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> with the talent they have, I said, "Come on, man!" They said, "This is a must win." I was like, "Oh man, it's it's bad in Laker in Laker town right now." But, definitely. You know, they definitely, they definitely could make it. We're talking to former NBA star Kenny Anderson. And, Kenny, how about LeBron James? I mean, the other night against the Sacramento Kings, 40 points, including 16 assists. He also had that streak in February of 30 straight, uh, 30, averaging 30 points per game and 60% from the field. With all that being said, he finally won that championship. Can LeBron, in your opinion, surpass Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time? And I don't know about rings but I do know about talent. I'm not talking about championships, but as far as talent, when it's all said and done, he definitely can be one of the best that did it. Um, right. You know, championships comes with teams. Um, you know, you just don't – you never know how things work out with the lead. It's, it's, it's a long season, 82 games, guys with trades, injuries. You know, Michael got six championships. Uh, Ron got one, but the floodgates is open. That's why he's playing this way, I really believe. Um, once he gets it, he got his first last year, so now he's relaxed. You know, he's playing more freely. He's playing more relaxed. Uh, now you got a Dwayne Wade, healthy Dwayne Wade. He's playing awesome. Chris Bosh has always been that uh, that 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 piece. He's always he, he's the one. He, he does work, but no one ever pays much attention to him. Right. So you know, I just think LeBron right now is a, is a real good flow. There's, there's nothing. All he's concerned with is winning the next championship, and, and uh, he's playing like it. Definitely. And- there's been a lot of talk lately, Kenny, about LeBron James and these pregame dunks in Miami. I mean, he says he, he talked about it. Now he says he's definitely going to continue to do it. A lot of people want him to do the dunk contest. What's your thoughts on that? It's his choice. You know, um, it's his choice. He, he doesn't want to – I think before it's over, said and done, he'll, 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 uh, he'll be in the um, dunk contest. 
before it's over. You know what I mean? But I think right now he's being stubborn, like, no, I won't do it, I won't do it. But I think uh, I think he's going to do it one year. I'm not sure which year it may be, but um, it really doesn't matter one way or the other. But, you know, everything this guy does, it's all scrutinized. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So I just think they should just leave him alone and let him just play the game and enjoy it. Enjoy it because we haven't really seen a player of his caliber. And um, I live down here in Miami, and um, you know I go to some of the games, and just to watch him play is 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 you know being a, a professional for 14 years, playing in the lead, and uh, you know I just never seen anybody play the game like him. You know I'm work, I'm I'm wondering uh, one year, maybe next year, he probably's going to average a triple double. That's what I'm thinking he's going to do next. Do you think he'll get uh, average a yeah. triple double? I, I think he's going to average a triple double. That's wow. What's next. Well, we'll see. We'll see. He's close. He's pretty close right now. And let's go to you now, Kenny. I mean, you're doing big things now with the Kenny Anderson Basketball Institute down there in Florida. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I've been trying to, man. I've been trying to do this for for many years. This has always been a vision of mine uh, growing up and uh, when I retired. And and just try to put everything under one roof. You know, I'm out there on the deck. The Downtown Athletic Club in Miami has helped me out. Um, So, basically, it's just – basketball skills, camps, clinics, um, nutrition I added in there, strength and conditioning, um, you know, just the whole form for kids, youth, uh, education, life lessons, seminars. So I'm going to be doing all of that all within, you know, um, every it's going to be every weekend for like 15, 15 weekends. And okay. uh, it's going to be covering everything, you know what I mean? And um, uh, a good, good friend of mine, Ed Pena, who uh, – who's from Miami Springs, he had the same vision. He's my director of basketball. So we're making a lot of contacts and sponsors. And Adidas love the idea, so they're supposed to be on board. So okay. um, I'm just, um, you know, definitely want to give back to the kids. And um, by not just by basketball, but just by, you know, mentoring. And uh, mm-hmm. I just think you can reach the the youth now if you play basketball. You know, everybody, okay. wants to, you play, you can get their ear. And then once you get their ear, then you can, you can see what's going on in, in their lives and all that. And, um, you know, somebody did it for me, my mentor, Vincent Smith, and, you know, Coach Caring and Pierre Turner back, you know, in New York. They were my, like, um, comfort, my comfort my, my comfort net. You know, they really helped me a great deal. And I just always knew, you know, after I finished playing, I was just always going to keep it real with the youth. And, um, you know, that's, that's, something, that's something that's in my heart. I'm passionate about it. And, right. Um, Along with that, you know, um, I'm doing my book. I'm doing my book right now. I've been on it for three okay. months. Um, instructions not included, The Life of Kenny Anderson. And, um, you know, um, I'm really excited about that. It's a good book. It's my life and my message, you know, to, right. you know, to, you know being a, a child prodigy growing up in New York, being the number one recruit, and dodging all the obstacles that I had to come from a one-parent home and drug-infested and, you know, all type of things. I can't really get into it because it's going to be a book, <laughs> but it's going to be real deep, you know, it's going to my feelings about the NBA, about the NCAA, you know, my run in the Final Four, um, my run to the Final Four, playing two years at Tech and four years at Malloy, you know, some of the best basketball in my life, playing under Jack Curran. So, you know, I'm just trying to reach out and, and give back, you know, the game, that, the game that helped me. And, and the only motivation – you know, I had, I always try to, you know, ask my son, you know, what's your motivation? You know, I asked me, what's your motivation? My, my motivation was my mother. You know, I got tired of seeing her struggle. And that was mm-hmm. all, that, my mother was my motivation. She passed away in 205, and, you know, for 20, 20 years, she's 
she had a, a you know, a, a, a great life. You know, I made it to the lead and was able to take care of my mother. She didn't have to worry no more about, you know, where we were going to live. And, you know, she had a, a nice big home on Long Island, in Glen Cove, Long Island, for 20 years. And she can, she can go where she wanted to. And, and that was my that was my motivation, you know. And uh, I try to preach that to the kids. you got to have a, a motivation. you got to be willing to sacrifice and commit yourself. And, and that's what I did. And now you're starting this in, in Miami, but ultimately your yeah. goal is to get this throughout the country. How soon do you see that happening? Uh, man, it's going to take some time. You know, patience is a virtue. Um, I'm serious with it. I'm passionate about it. Yeah, I need help, you know, from, you know, my kids that I play with, to, uh, you know, um, people that's willing to give back and, and work with the youth. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. It might happen quick. It might not. But this right. one is this is the setup one. This is the first one. I want to thank my man Glenn down at the deck downtown athletic club, who's who saw the vision, and hopefully we can get this thing really jumping. Um, you know, and you know we'll go from there. But uh, I'm from New York. I would love to do it in New York. Love to. You know, we, you know I'm passionate about it, and we will travel. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So New York, Atlanta. You know where 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 Kenny Anderson is big at, and, and, and that's what it's about. Maybe in Left Rack City. Oh yeah, I did. I did so much for my neighborhood. You, you know, Left Rack was like, you know, and that's a lot in my book also on all the guys that, you know, my mother wasn't always around, and I had a, you know, it's like they say, you know, it takes a village to to raise to raise one child, and um, Left Rack did that for me. You know, what I mean? and actually, and the funny thing is, we have somewhat of a connection. My yeah. wife actually grew up in Left Rack City, so oh, wow. we we wow. do have some. A connection uh, on some level. But the training camp does start March 9th and 10th, Downtown Athletic Club, Miami, Florida. Check it out. Go to the website, kabasketball.com. Support some of the great things Kenny Anderson has going on with his Basketball Institute. Kenny, pleasure having you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck with this, and let's do this again. Yeah, definitely, man. Thanks for having me, and, um, you know, stay up, and God bless, my man. Take care of you, too. All right, my man. Kenny Anderson, former NBA star, got some great things going on in the community. Check it out, www.kabasketball.com. Also follow him on Twitter, Chibs underscore one, and also at kabasketball7. That's Chibs underscore one, and that's C-H-I-B-B-S underscore one. And that's also at KA Basketball 7 Support. Some of the great things Kenny Anderson has going on in the community. And Kenny Anderson, you know, it's good to see guys giving back and, and doing what they feel like they need to do to, to help their community. And that's a great thing. That's truly a great thing. And I'm, I'm happy he's doing this. And I hope that it does expand. I'm, I hope that it goes to New York. Hopefully it goes to St. Louis, Philadelphia, Atlanta, all around the country. Hopefully it does go do that for Kenny Anderson, but he definitely has a passion for it, and hopefully everything works out with Kenny Anderson. And hopefully this thing grows and gets big, big, and bigger. But we want to thank Kenny Anderson for stopping by. And again, one more time, kabasketball7.com. Support some of the great things Kenny Anderson has going on. And let's stick with the NBA. Let's stick with the NBA and let's look at the Lakers. And the Lakers 
It's funny. We're having this conversation about the Lakers and squeaking and making the playoffs. I mean, it was funny. Kenny Anderson said it. It's funny that we're talking about the Lakers now. They're, you know, they're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. We're talking about that's a must-win game for the Los Angeles Lakers, and we're not talking must-win in order for them to get a higher or the top seed in the Western Conference. We're talking about a must-win in order for them to make the playoffs. Yes, we're talking about the Lakers and barely making the playoffs. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And we got a lot of sports going on this weekend. A lot of sports going on. You got the Honda Classic, and you got Roy McIlroy walking off the the course, basically saying that he he wasn't right mentally. Uh, PGA Tour comes out and says he had a wisdom tooth pulled or, or had some issues with a wisdom tooth. I mean, wisdom tooth right mentally. That's that's somewhere there's a disconnect. Wisdom tooth not right mentally. There's a disconnect there. I I don't know who I believe. I guess I believe Rory Ma- Rory Rory McElroy. I can't even say the man's name right. I believe McElroy. I believe McElroy. He says he's not right emotionally. PGA Tour says uh, he has a wisdom tooth issue, issue with his wisdom tooth. Please, something just doesn't jive there. Something does not jive. To talk about that and to talk about all things in the sporting world this weekend on television, let's bring him in. This man has spent a lot of time, a lot of years in television. He knows television. He knows sports on television. The sheriff, y'all, let's bring him in. TV insider, hey. Brian Sheriff. Brian, how are you, man? Hey, Paul, how are you? Good to be with you again. Thanks for joining us. Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to piggyback right on that last thought of yours. You know, I was going to come on and like to talk about everything that's on TV this weekend. But uh, you have to go way back to remember a number one in the country, in the world, walking off a golf course. Right. Uh, yeah, basically, and, and, and I read what you read, that, uh, you know, golf is a tough game. And, you know, when, when things like this happen, it reminds you of how tough Tiger Woods was when yeah. he was at that same age at 22. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And uh, this kid is 22. He's on top of the world. He's declared number one. There's nobody really. I mean, there's some distance between him and actually Tiger right now. He finished up last year. Of course, he played on the Ryder Cup team. He was a part of that win. He won three tournaments in the playoffs last year going towards the FedEx Cup. And then, uh, you know, he switched equipment. And everybody talks about, you know, he signed a big deal with Nike. And... You switch equipment, and I'll tell you what, in golf, that is the kiss of death. <laughs> and absolutely. And, and a lot of golfers will tell you that. Paul Lazinger, who is never afraid to make a comment, came out today and said, you never switch equipment for money. Right. And I thought, that, I thought that was a big, bold statement. So we'll, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see how uh, NBC covers this because it's always interesting to see how the press covers it. Right. As you said, 
you have the PGA, which is, you know, they're trying to protect their players, basically, coming up with the wisdom team. This reminds me of John Sally a long time ago wanted to set out a game, and they published that he had general soreness. So, <laughs> what does that uh, mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What have we got exactly? What does that mean? So, uh, you know, the wisdom to hey, you, you know, golf is a tough game. You're seven over par after eight holes. A lot of people feel like walking off the course. Problem is, right. you cannot do that. You can't do that when uh, you're ranked number one in the world. Just can't happen. There's no walking so, off in golf. Yeah, there, there is absolutely no walking off in golf. And he walked uh, off, and mental it's something mental. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, it, it is very tough. But hey, you know what? Let's talk about the rest of the weekend in, in uh, sports TV. Definitely. Uh, you, you got the WBC, uh, which begins. Yeah, the WBC. You know, which is interesting. Now, this will be the third time around. Uh, a couple of changes here. Um, one, MLB Network is covering every game. And uh, the, this is a tournament that starts in four different countries and ends up, uh, it'll end up in Arizona at Chase Field there. Uh, and uh, MLB Network for the finals, they're going to roll out their big gun, Bob Costas, will cover it. But until then, they will cover all of these games. It's always interesting to see what players of what major league teams end up uh, playing for the country. Robinson, right. you know, for example, uh, so the Yankee fans has left, and he's going to go join uh, the Dominican team, which has been loaded in the past. You know, uh, they've had the likes of uh, Albert Pujols and Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz. I remember one year all those guys played. They they have never won. Uh, you know, Japan has been dominant uh, in this tournament. And uh, so we'll, we'll just see what happens. With the United States, you know, David Wright, New York Mets, uh, the third baseman will join. So that'll start this weekend. It starts in the middle of the night. You've got a couple of uh, foreign teams. So the United States starts on Monday. So it's always interesting. Uh, you know, tune in to MLB Network. It's the first time they've had the games exclusively in the past. ESPN okay. has covered them. ESPN, so yeah. That, that, yeah, that, that is uh, – so that, that's an interesting watch there. Hey, well, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Well, before Go ahead. you move on, let me ask you a question about the WBC. Do you think that the public cares? about the WBC, has it really caught on? No, no, it hasn't. It, it hasn't. And I would, uh, I would compare it slightly above what they try to do in basketball, the World Basketball Championships, mm-hmm. which even a, even a sports fan does not know when those occur. Uh, right. What happens with these things, these non-Olympic country versus country events, they need time. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would say the premier non-event country versus country is the Ryder Cup in golf. But that's been over time, and there's some history there. So for this to catch on, this is a, they play it every two years. For the W, w uh, for the baseball version of this, they, they need time. It has been interesting in that you do get these countries that, uh, you know, will have one or two major leaguers, and they'll go down the end, and you'll get into a game, uh, and they will. Other players will get exposed, but clearly the best teams are come Korea and Japan, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 they've uh, they've caught on more than than watching the United States. Uh, <laughs> but but it has not caught on. The, the thing is, it comes in the middle of spring training, and a lot right. of uh, club people do not. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, there are a lot of club. 
from people don't like it because, of course, their main players right. have to leave for two weeks and join another team. And so that's understandable. We'll yeah, no, that's, absolutely. That's definitely understandable from, from their standpoint. Will it catch on? You think it will? It hasn't caught on, but do you think will it catch on at some point? In your opinion, uh, you know what? Over time, I think if they have, uh, first of all, the United States needs to win one of these things. And when when that happens, well, who knows? But it, it still <laughs> is a tough thing until you get the baseball people really behind it, and there is something at stake and the United States gets in a tough game or somebody pitches a, a no-hitter or there's some star that uh, really breaks out, I think right. it will be, I think it will, you know, for a lot of times it will be just like uh, the basketball, which is, you know, considered a warm-up for the Olympics. But even in this case, you know, the Olympics has dropped baseball. So it, it's just, hey, Paul, this is a tough sell. There's no question about it. A Definitely. baseball purist. Hey, guys like me who love baseball, we're going to watch it. We're going to watch it because I want to see the guy that plays for Chinese Taipei or Italy <laughs> or, you know, or some obscure country I've never heard of. You know, it's when it's the opening ceremony of the Olympics, I actually watch those to see those little countries walk in with three athletes. You know, that's, to me, that's interesting. Right. So, and this is why we have you on, man. You're a TV insider. We're talking to TV insider Brian Sheriff and Brian – the NBA, Saturday and Sunday, a lot of important games. Tell us about it. What should we expect? What should we watch for? Well, here's the thing. You know, I like at this time of year, I like to think of uh, the NBA as seeds. Who's in the number one seed? Who's playing that number eight seed? Now, you know, when you talk about the East, they're basically wrapped up. I believe there's six games between the eight and nine seed right now. Right. Yeah. So, uh so it's all about, you know, the West. And, and you uh, talked about it a little bit. You know, the Lakers, um, you know, the three games they sit behind the Rockets. I believe it's three games. Uh, it was before last night. It's two now seem like, after last night. It, it, it's two now, yeah. Okay, that may not seem like a lot. But, you, you know, that, that's, a, that's a pretty decent chunk. They, they have to play. So that's where really all the excitement is. But, you know, our friends at ABC and ESPN, they're still going to go with the big guns, uh, you know, the ones that draw, you know, most of the attention anyway. So in right. game one on the ABC, the 1 o'clock game, 1 o'clock Eastern, it's Golden State uh, at uh, Philadelphia, and then followed by uh, Brooklyn at Chicago. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I, I believe I have that right. I'm actually looking down at the schedule right now. So, it, you know, that is uh, – they're going to go with the big draws there. And, you know, they will get more into, uh, you know, some of the games that mean something. Because right now we're, we're really talking about, you know, who's going to make the playoffs and how they're going to position themselves. Right. So you've got the ABC doubleheader on Sunday. ESPN follows with a few games on Sunday night. This time That's of year, though – yeah, go ahead. I mean, you're right. I mean, this is the time of the year where you start talking about seeding. And it's also, I think, in a roundabout way, it's kind of a good thing for the NBA that the Lakers are the ninth seed at this point because they've become a, such a compelling story at this point. I mean, will the Lakers make the playoffs? I mean, that's what a lot of people are talking. That's all you hear. 
and I think them being the ninth seed right now is kind of comp- a compelling story. It, you know, it's, it's probably the most interesting story. Right. Uh, you know, besides, I mean, you could argue that San Antonio is always interesting. They have to prove something when they come out in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Miami is just let's get to the final. There's no story there at all. Right. You know, Chicago, who uh, right now is number three in the East, uh, uh, you know, that, you know, what makes Chicago, in my mind, interesting is uh, Noah. Because Noah is the type of player that generates buzz. Mm-hmm. You know, whether, yeah, he talks a lot, he backs it up most of the time. And there's no, and we, we all know there's no love lost between him and Miami and whatever happened with that. So that, that, that's pretty good as well. But you're right. The, the story right now is can the Lakers make this push to get in the playoffs? Because I would think that, you know, San Antonio, who will likely play the eight seed, uh, would, uh, would prefer the Lakers did not make the playoffs, obviously. It's the only right, thing. Nobody wants, if they make the playoffs, that means they're playing fairly well once <laughs> they get there. And nobody's going to want to play, you know, these guys have won a championship two of the last four years. So nobody is going to want to face them. And, and they, you know, hey, listen, I watch them out here a lot. And the key to that team right now, and we'll see how, you know, the, the media handles and how, what they say. But the, I, I believe the key to the team right now is their uh, willingness to let Steve Nash run the club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, definitely. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, no, when, when they're able to do that, there's no question that it takes pressure off Kobe and it really, uh, you know, it, it really highlights some of those other players, like that, the, the young kid, Clark, who I love. Definitely. And he, he's perfect for a Mike D'Antoni-type system, Merrill Clark, perfect for the system. And also, real quickly, looking at the NBA, looking at the standings, Houston is currently in the AFC, but they're a half a game behind Utah. Oklahoma City is in the second seed. So there is always that possibility, and I know the league will want to see this happen. You will want Houston to get that seventh seed, the James Harden story, and you want Oklahoma City to stay in that second seed so you would have a compelling 2-7 matchup come playoff time. be great for Ray. Yeah, well, you know what? All they have to do is dial up the referees, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. No, no, you're right. Those things, you know, that would be the Harden. That hadn't occurred to me, but obviously they would like that. Hey, they, you know, NBA in those opening series, they need something. Although, you know, you know it, it, when you think back to the last couple of years, the opening rounds have been kind of interesting. They haven't been bad. But you're right. If you get OKC and uh, and the Rockets playing, that would be a great matchup there. We're talking to TV insider Brian Sheriff. And, Brian, college basketball now. And we know in college basketball, who's number one? I mean, it, it, it changes week by week, day by day. The top five teams are losing left and right, day in and day out. I mean, Who's going to win this tournament? But we got a lot of great games coming up this weekend. Tell us about it. Yeah, no, we do. You know, it's really, let's concentrate on the top five teams in the country, the projected final four. So, in, in like college football, you know, these games get spread out. So, you know, I looked at the list here. What we have, uh, uh, let's talk about Saturday, first of all, that um, you have Portland at number two 
Dan Gonzaga. Right. Now, you know what? Name, give me a sports expert who can name three players on Gonzaga. The last five <laughs> years. The last five years. Yeah, you know, and, and this is this program is slowly built into a powerhouse. They have a great young coach. They put a couple of players in the NBA. They play they might as well play in Siberia because they get so uh full national <laughs> coverage. But they're actually playing here. Portland is, uh, and this shouldn't be a close game, but for those fans who want to see the number two team in the country, they're playing on Root Sports and Time Warner Cable Saturday at 5 Eastern. So if you live in the Northeast, you already know that, but if you have uh, those, uh, any of these sports packages on DirecTV or any of the big cable outlets, tune them in Time Warner Cable or Root Sports Northwest Saturday at 5 Eastern you got Portland at number two, Gonzaga. Later and if you night, look at it, if Gonzaga wins this game, they're probably going to be number one in the country. Yeah, I mean they're going to have to. They're going to have to. They're going to be forced into that hole. You know, That's who a, knows? You know, Indiana could win. They also play this weekend. So uh, to, to keep that number one, I, I think a lot of people consider Indiana the best team in the country. But we'll, we'll have to see. But you know, it's worth a tune in. So let's see what these Zags are all about. Like, you know, <laughs> let's see what they're all about. I know they're not going to get, you know, a national respect. But, hey, listen, they're going to be – they're likely going to be a number one seed in the West. Definitely. Some tournament time. And uh, we'll see how it goes there. So, anyway, again, the Root Sports, Time Warner Cable, 5 o'clock Eastern. Uh, here that night, number seven – Miami at number three, Duke at Cameron. Always a great scene on ESPN at 6 o'clock Eastern. Another game worth watching. you got seven at number three. Everybody knows it's hard to win in Cameron. Uh, hey, I've seen Duke a few times. They, they are a typical, well-coached, tough Duke team. Have a couple of, you know, really good uh, small players. They got the big guy there, so it's uh, you know that'll be a very interesting game, six o'clock Eastern. There you uh, have it. You yeah. lined it up for us. You definitely yeah, lined now. it up for us. Yeah. So just a couple of more games worth mentioning. Uh-huh. Iowa at, at, in, at number one Indiana is on the Big Ten Network as well at seven thirty Eastern. So there's a lot to watch this weekend. I guess yeah. we shouldn't really leave the house, right? Yeah, well, hey, you know what? Get the you you TiVo some of these games, you start others, and uh, you just kick back on Sunday. Because Sunday's usually a light time this time of year, and then just get caught up on everything. But always plenty to watch. Fans, watch, watch, watch a lot of great sports. You love sports, so watch some of the great sports that will be on this weekend. Brian, you're also on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter and talk some TV? Yeah, my handle at Brian Sheriff on Twitter. I always tweet the best watches on TV each weekend. Fans, go on Twitter, follow this man at Brian Sheriff. Follow some of his tweets. He tweets some of the great things that's going on in the world of sports on TV. Brian, pleasure having you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. Okay, okay Paul. Always great to join you. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Brian Sheriff, TV Insider. A lot of great things to watch.
in the world of sports on TV this weekend. As he said, kick those feet up, get a beverage of your choice, and have at it. Get the clicker and just start clicking away. Start clicking away. Start, 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 start. I want to stick with college basketball. Mike Krzyzewski, Coach K, last night, lost it. Well, he didn't lose it, but he was angry after the game. First of all, he was angry that Duke lost to Virginia. He was angry about that. And secondly, he was a little angry about fans storming the court. Fans storming the court. Fans running on to the court. And, you know, it's a it's a great tradition. Seems I've never done it before, but it seems like a lot of fun. But the reality is, I mean, it, it is dangerous. It truly is dangerous. I mean, everybody rushing the court like that can be very dangerous. And dangerous for the players, dangerous for the fans rushing the court. It can be dangerous for everybody. True. I mean, let, let's be honest. And Coach K reportedly cursed out some fans who got into his face. So he wasn't happy. And let's look at it. I mean, you just lost a basketball game. You know you lost a game. You're already frustrated to begin with. You got fans running the courts, fans in your face, fans doing whatever. And, of course, you're going to be frustrated. Of course, you're not going to like that. You're not going to like that. Not at all. You're truly not going to like that. I mean, let's be honest. If I just lost the game and the fans are in my face and just, you know, just being disrespectful, maybe cursing at me, I'm not going to be too happy. And because of that, I may do something that I will regret down the line. I may do something that I regret regret down the line. It may just happen. It may just happen, but the reality is I understand. It's understandable how and why someone would be frustrated, upset, and angry after losing the game. It would be understandable if guys are cursing back and forth with fans. It would be understandable on some level. Not acceptable, but understandable on some level if players take swings at some of these uh, fans who are in their face. It might happen. It might happen. It might happen. And you talked about it. Coach K talked about it in a post-game press conference last night. He said, and I quote, whatever you're doing, you need to get the team off first. Look, celebrate, have fun. Obviously, you won. That's cool. Just get our team off the court and our coaching staff before students come on. He went on to say, look, do you know how close you are to? Just put yourself in the position of one of our players or coaches. I'm not saying any fans did this, but the potential is there all the time for a fan to just go up to you and say, Coach, you're an A, or push you or hit you. And what do you do? What if you did something? That would be the story. We deserve that type of protection. I, I think it's fair. I, I, everything that he just said right then and there is fair. It's more than fair. It's more than fair. Everything he said is more than fair. 
Now, as far as I'm concerned, maybe something needs to be done. Now, I, I look at it, and it's, it's, it's got to be a lot of fun to storm the court. Let's be honest. That's got to be a very fun thing to do, storming the court. That's got to be an enjoyable thing to do, storming the court. I've never done it. But I would like to. I definitely would like to. I would love the opportunity to storm the court. I would love to. I would think it would be a lot of fun to storm the court. But there are legitimate safety concerns. I mean, that's that's something that I don't think we can dismiss. There are legitimate safety concerns. Legitimate. And I can't dismiss it, and I think we'd be foolish to dismiss it. We'd be foolish to dismiss it. Will it change something? Will it change? Most things don't change until it's too late, until somebody gets really hurt. That's the time that most things change. Somebody has to, 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 to be sacrificed on some. I'm not saying somebody get killed or anything, but somebody has to be sacrificed in terms of getting injured for things to change. That's just life. That's just the way life is. Most of us aren't proactive in our lives. Our, our world is not really proactive in a lot of things that we do. I mean, the proactive thing is to, in order to have good health, is to eat right and exercise. Well, most of us wait until we get overweight or, or even wait till we have a traumatic experience, a heart attack or, or a stroke or something of that nature. That's when most of us wait to start to do things about ourselves and about life in general. That's the way life is in general. We all, we all wait till it's too late sometimes. We wait till it's too late. And that's what happens sometimes in life. Is it good? Not at all. Not at all. Not good at all. It's bad. Very bad. But it is what it is. It's life. But Coach K is on to something right here, right now. He's definitely on to something. Hopefully things will change. Hopefully things will change. Will it? We shall see. Only time. Well, Todd, I want to go to the NBA Combine, not the NBA, NFL Combine now. And this issue at the Combine of guys and scouts asking players about sexual orientation. NFL prospect Nick Cassa was asked about his sexual orientation. And, you know, obviously... Questions like, do you do you have a girlfriend? Are you married? Do you like girls? Is some of the questions that he was asked. So, I mean, teams are asking Manti Teo probably those questions with what happened with him and his fake girlfriend. Teams are probably are probably asked him that. Probably ask him that. Ask him that. And 
I look at it. I look at it. And, I mean, is it a question I think that should be asked? Probably not. Probably not. But from a standpoint of an NFL team, I mean, the, the thing about it is, and, you know, there's no more homophobic place than the NFL locker room, than the sports locker room in general. There's no more homophobic place than a sports locker room. Now, statistically speaking, there has to be homosexuals in football, in sports in general. It just has to be. Now, my bottom line is this. If I'm a, an executive, a GM, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, I, and my, my, my concern would be, you know what, whether or not you can ball, whether or not you can get it done. I don't care if you like boy. I mean, I don't care. I don't say boy. I don't care if you like men. I don't care if you like women. I don't care if you like animals. Can you ball? That's the bottom line. And I and I'd said boys, but that's unacceptable, obviously. That's unacceptable. But if you can't, if you can ball, I don't care what you like. I don't care who you lay with that night. If you can ball, and, and that's the most important thing, as long as you're not doing anything illegal in your bedroom at night, as long as you're doing what you need to do, if you can ball, all the other stuff becomes irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. It's not important to me. It's just not important to me. The important part is whether or not you can ball. So as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, if it was me, if it was me, and I'm an NFL executive, I can understand why the question possibly could be asked. Because, again, there's no more homophobic place in this world than an NFL locker room. That's the reality of, of life. That's the reality of that situation. But I will say this. I will say this. Whether I mean, I'm sure all of us at one point in our lives have worked alongside a, a, a homosexual. The, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, can you do your job? I don't care what you do off hours. Can you do your job? And if whatever you're doing off, off hours, is it legal? As long as it's legal, I could care less what you do off hours. If it's legal, fine. It is what it is. That's what you do. That's your life. Bottom line is this. When you step in between those lines, can you ball? Can you make plays? Can you make plays? Well, a guy that, that you know, uh, the com- he was the talk of the combine. Manti Teo, the talk of the combine. His 40 time, a disappointing 4840. A very disappointing 4840. 48240. And that is 20th out of 25 linebackers. And you look at Manti Teo. And what we saw, it wasn't impressive. You look at his body, it was kind of soft. It wasn't impressive. And apparently 
He lost 15 pounds during this time. But in losing that weight, obviously it didn't help his speed. His speed was not good. Teo actually said he did run in the 4-6 range during training. But I guess anything and everything that comes out of his mouth at this point, you may have to be a little skeptical about. That's just life. That's just reality. That is what it is. That is what it is. And you look at, I mean, obviously football is not played with tights and a tank top. People don't play football in tights and tank tops. They play in pads. But, oh, the last time we saw a man tie tail in pads was against Alabama. And we saw a guy missing tackles here, missing tackles there. We saw a guy who couldn't get off blocks. We saw a guy that just looked a little overrated. Now, projections are he's still going into the first round. But if I'm a team and I have an opportunity, even late in the first round or early second round, at Manti Teo, I'm, I'm, I'm gobbling him up. I'm taking him. I'm taking him. Because, yes, we, we, we know all the things that happen off the field with the fake girlfriend and everything. We, we know about that. It, it is what it is as far as I'm concerned. Bottom line is this, and I, I don't think – Executives are truly, truly concerned about that. I think what they're concerned about is whether or not that 40 time is going to get better, whether or not he can fall. That's what executives are worried about. And that's all they need to worry about, truly, as far as I'm concerned. Can you fall? Can you fall? And judging by what we saw this week with the combines and everything, you truly have to ask that question with Manti Teo. Based off what we saw during the combines, you have to ask that question about Manti Teo. You have to. The questions have to be asked. Can you truly ball? And the questions are definitely going, has been asked, and it will continue to be asked about Manti Teo. Can he ball? Can you ball? And his pro day is coming on March 27th. So that's an opportunity now to, to work on his speed, work on some of the things that he needs to work on in order to impress executives and scouts around the league. Will he do it? Can he do it? Time will tell. March 27th is a big day for Manti Teo. March 27th is a big day for Manti Teo. Will change his stock. Combines are tough, man. I've never been a part of it, obviously, but just watching it and, and just seeing this and just, I mean, you have all this stuff on film and all the things that you've done, but the reality is you still have to prove yourself again and again. And again, it's life. I mean, there's, there's going to be times in life where you're going to have to continue to improve or prove yourself to this one, that one. 
over and over again. That's just life. And that's just the, the profession that he chose. The profession that he chose, he's going to have to prove himself over and over again. Will Manti Teo be an impact player in this league? We'll see. His body did look a little soft. And, you know, Mark May talked about it. You know, he had all the, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's saying he had all this time to prepare for this draft, for the combines, I should say, and he's running a, a 4.8240. He's running a slow 40 time. And he had all this time to prepare. What happened? What's going on? So we'll see what happens with Manti Teo. We'll see if he can improve on that 40 time come March 27th. He better. He didn't bench press, had a stinger. Hopefully he'll bench press during his pro day to prove to the league executives that he's strong and he's ready to go. Again, we'll see what happens with Manti Tao. This is an interesting situation, an interesting story, a very compelling story. And I wonder how it's going to end for Manti Tao. But he's got this pro day. March 27th, and hopefully that'll change some things for him. Tom Brady's in the news this week, restructured his contract with the New England Patriots. Basically an extension. Basically, it assures him or guarantees him $57 million. It guarantees him $57 million for the next few seasons. So, you look at it, the money's guaranteed. So, everybody's talking about Brady doing this and that, and, you know, how selfless he is, and so on and so forth. But the reality is, Tom Brady did walk away, will walk away with $57 million in guarantees. So, I think it's a, a win-win situation for both the organization, who gets cap space, and Tom Brady, who gets guaranteed more, more guaranteed dollars. Gets more guaranteed dollars. So $57 million in guarantees for Tom Brady. Tom, terrific. And it is terrific to be Tom Brady right now. Big, big Ben Roethlisberger, he restructured his deal as well for the Steelers. A lot of players right now doing a little restructuring, a little movement around, a, little, a lot of players moving around some money, teams moving around some money. Falcons today were busy moving some guys, cutting some guys. Michael Turner, John Abraham, Dante Robinson. Three key key guys for that team. Three key guys for that team. And those guys now are on the move. Steven Jackson voided the final year of his contract. He's on the move. You wonder if Steven Jackson will end up in Atlanta would seem like a perfect place, the perfect situation. You got Joe Flacco, who's agreed to a six-year contract with the Baltimore Ravens for $120 million. It's not finalized, but should be finalized. Many are expecting it to be finalized 
by Monday. We don't know in terms of guarantees at this point. And we know an NFL contract, that's the important thing, the guarantees. I mean, people can throw out crazy numbers, but the bottom line is the guarantees. Because, again, as we've seen today with John Abraham, with uh, Michael Turner, with a few others who've been let go by their ball clubs, the reality is it's not guaranteed. This is not guaranteed money in the NFL. So the contract that you sign all the time is obviously it's not necessarily guaranteed. So a lot of people fall in love with the numbers. Oh, he signed a $120 million deal. Well, let's see in terms of guarantees. Let, let's look at it in terms of the guarantees when it's all said and done. Then we can make a determination of how much money he's guaranteed to have. Because, again, you can be cut in the NFL and your contract becomes null and void. It is what it is. It's the nature of the sport. But it does free up $16 million for the Falcons getting rid of Michael Turner, John Abraham, Dante Robinson. That frees up money for them. That frees up precious cap space. That frees up precious cap space for the Falcons. Tom Brady frees up some cap space for the Patriots. Ben Roethlisberger frees up cap space for the Steelers. And you know, a lot of people question whether or not Joe Flacco should really go for as much money as he can get. And I say yes. He's not Tom Brady. He's not on that level. This is his opportunity to make that big money. You got to make it. You won the Super Bowl. Get your money now. You got the championship. Get your money now. Get this money. And that's what Joe Flacco was trying to do at this point. Get that money. He's getting that money. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. You got to get that money. When you have an opportunity to get money in the NFL, in any sport, because the reality is it's only going to last for so long. When you have an opportunity to get that money, you got to get that money. When the money is, when you have that money thrown at you, you got to get that money. That's the bottom line. You got to get that money. And Tom Brady, not Tom Brady, Joe Flacco has an opportunity at, the, at that money. He, he took a gamble on himself, and he won. So, pay the man. It's time to pay the man. He gambled, he won, cut the check. Gambled, won, cut the check. That's the bottom line. He gambled, he won, it's time to cut the check. Time to cut that check for Joe Flacco. He earned it. He earned it. He truly earned it. So it's time to cut the check. It's time to cut that check. And the check, somebody's going to have to pay the man. Somebody is going to have to pay the man. It's going to be the Ravens who are going to be doing the paying for Joe Flacco. 
the Ravens are going to be paying Joe Flacco. And he's going to be eating pretty, pretty good. He's going to be eating pretty good for now and for a while. When we come back, we're going to be joined by WNBA star, now author, Swing Cash. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! And we're back. We're back. We're about to bring in now WNBA star, now author, Swing Cash. She did a lot of big things in the sport of basketball. But now she's doing little things. Some big things in terms of this book she has coming out, Humble Journey, More Precious Than Gold. This is her book. It's coming out March 6th, so make sure you pick up a copy of this book. Let's bring her in now, WNBA star, the one, the only, Swing Cash. Swing, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And Swing, let's get right down to it. Let's look at your book now. I read some of your great book today. What I didn't know about you and what happened in 2007 is you actually had a cancerous tumor and you played with it. Tell us about that. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things, I think, in the book that you can just really look at and, you know, from different stuff that I went through and um, 
just things that people can just read about. And I, and I think I, I say all I need to say about, you know, kind of that topic on the book. And it's just really interesting. I think I, I reveal a lot of, in the book that people really don't know quite about me. Right. And, and I found that to be very, very interesting. And I look at the book and back in 2008 as you were preparing to try to make the women's Olympic team. I read an article back in 2008 when you finally heard that you weren't making the team. You talked about being numb. And all in all, how devastating was that news when you heard that you weren't making the 2008 women's Olympic team? Uh, it was really hard for me. I mean, that's something that I talk about, you know, in Humble Journey is that a lot of times you, you build yourself up and you set goals for yourself and then eventually you can't, um, you know, you don't, you, you don't ever prepare yourself not to achieve your goals. And for me, I, I had always been a winner and I've always had success and I would think that was the one time that it just really hit me really hard and I had to, to face, you know, that I had uh, not reached my goal and I could either, you know, stay down or I could figure out a way to get back up. Right. And you look at it up to that point, I mean, you've had a lot of success up to that point, two, w, two WNBA titles at that point. You had won a gold medal back in 2004, all the success you had on the collegiate level at UConn. Did you start to question yourself as a basketball player at that point? You know, I questioned myself on a lot of, level, a lot of levels. I mean, I was going through things from a physical standpoint, also, um, you know, emotionally, spiritually, uh, dealing with personal issues, and, it was one of those things, you know, when they say when once something happens, the second and the third just keeps coming in waves. And um, I had to figure out a way that you can either be a victim and feel like a victim or you can find strength in your test in order to tell your testimony. And that's just how I approached it. And uh, in the book, I kind of talk about what it took for me to get back to where I wanted to be um, and just really sharing those intimate thoughts with people that are going to read this book. And. It, you, you talked about it. I, I read some articles about you, and you talked about basically after 2008, you kind of shut down a lot of things. You were doing some television at the time. You kind of shut that down. You started to play more basketball. Talk about the effect that had on your game. Um, well, you know, it, it was a tough time for me. I, I knew I wanted to make the uh, Olympic team, and so after I did in 2008, it really just came down to figuring out what I was going to do health-wise and then also putting the plan together. And putting the plan together sometimes means you have to sacrifice. And I knew that I wanted to be back on that podium in 2012. I wanted to win another Olympic gold medal, and so something had to give. And a lot of times in our life, you know, sometimes people say you can have it all, but I'm one of those people, whenever I need to be disciplined and I need to figure out how to get to my goals, um, that's all that really matters, and, and that's what it really took for me. We're talking to WNBA star Swing Cash, and author, as she has a great book coming out March 6th, Humble Journey, More Precious Than Gold. And were there times while writing the book that you were going back and looking at some of the tough times you were going through, was it kind of tough for you to kind of relive it again? Uh, it was very tough. I mean, this this book is like a labor of love, and it, it was very therapeutic for me to be able to write and pour out my emotions and my thoughts. And after I finished the book, you know, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to just give this out to the world because people can be very judgmental. And, right. you know, there's some people who are going to read this book. Some are going to like it. Some won't. Um, but, you know, uh, people that, that hate and, you know, they just motivate you to keep pushing forward. And at the end of the day, I realized that if, I could change one person's life, whether it's a guy or a female can read it and say, you know what, if she can go through all these different things and still be standing, I know I can push forward. And for me, that's right. what it's really about is 
at the end of the day, I realized my life and my story, the things that I went through, it wasn't for me. It's for whoever's coming after me to read the story and really learn from it and gain some uh, some confidence and, and some self-esteem to push on. And you talked about in the book some of the lessons you learned during the journey trying to make trying to make it to London for the 2012 Olympics. What was the biggest lesson you learned out of this whole thing? Um, I would say one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that um, a lot of times when you're focused on the end goal, you don't realize until the end that the journey that you've been on and the things that you've gone through uh, really doesn't, uh, that's the lesson that you're learning. And that end goal that you want sometimes isn't as important as you thought it was going to be. And I think for me, that's one of the things that I learned. And you talked about it, obviously, that big moment where you made the 2012 Olympics and you got the call. Obviously, you were waiting four years for that moment. Take us through that moment, the moment you found out that, you know what, Sweet Cash was on the 2012 Women's Olympic team. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. It, it is so crazy. I, I talk about it in the book. and it, I mean, the story is phenomenal. you got to go purchase the book because that's one of my favorite stories to just really talk about. I feel like I just okay. expressed it down to a T. But I can say this. It's one of those times when it feels like everything is just going right in the world and you're on cloud nine. And for me, that was just an unbelievable feeling. And I was able to share it with some really special people. And I just get really detailed in the book about it. So I'm hoping people can really start smiling and, and enjoy that part of the story. And winning the gold medal in 2012, was it much sweeter than the one that you won in 2004? It was put it like this, 2012 was very humbling. It, it was very humbling. And to be on that podium and people were saying, man, you you know, Diana was crying, you were crying, and then I looked over and, you know, I saw Catch with tears. People don't understand. Whenever you've been on that podium once, they don't understand how hard it is to get there twice. And I think for me that was the biggest thing is making that journey to get back there to say, you know what, I didn't do it once, but I did it twice, and I did it with some amazing, passionate, you know, women. Definitely. We're talking to WNBA star Swing Cash. Great book out, Humble Journey, More Precious Than Gold. And, Swing, let's look at you on the WNBA, you in the WNBA right now. You play for the Chicago Sky. Last season, you guys got off to a good start. Injuries kind of derailed you guys during the season. But ultimately, you would pick up the second pick in the two, 2013 WNBA draft. How optimistic are you about the team's chances in 2013? Pretty like this. If I w- and if I didn't feel I was in a position or be on a team to compete, then I'm not going to do this. You know, I, I've, I've been able to have success and went on every level. But right now, for me, it's really about these young girls. I mean, excuse me, they're hungry, they're passionate. I'm excited for the sky. I learned a lot last season. Um, and now I feel like I'm really starting to find my place and my position, and that's what I want to do is help this team realize their goals. And how many years do you think you have in the WNBA? How many years do you expect to play? You know what? I don't know. I still love it. I'm so passionate. But, you know, if, if another opportunity comes about, I have to evaluate it. Sorry. I apologize. I may have to evaluate it after the season. But right now I'm just focused on the 2013 WNBA season in Chicago. Definitely. And, and I know you covered the NBA for many years at ESPN. So before we get you out of here, I had a few rapid-fire questions about the NBA. You ready? <laughs> All right, go ahead, shoot. Who will win the MVP? 
Ah, I mean, right now LeBron's holding it in his, in his right hand unless he's going to drop it. I actually it's going to be King James again. Tony Parker may take it out of that hand, but we'll see. <laughs> Quit playing. Will the Lakers call. make the playoffs? Uh, you know what? I'm never going to bet against Kobe Bryant, so I would say it's going to be very difficult. But you know, if I had a about the bet woman, I'm betting on Kobe. Was Steph Curry's 54 point performance the best we've seen at Madison Square Garden? Um, you know, I mean, you got to come on now. We've seen some Reggie Millers, and you know, we've seen some other crazy performances, but that was. That was something magical, and they always say magic happens there in the garden. <laughs> well, what is it about the garden? I mean, I I had Kenny Anderson on earlier. I talked to him about the garden. What is, makes the garden so special? I think it's the mystique around it. I mean, you, you hear about it as a kid growing up. You watch so many different games that have happened in special moments, and it's in New York City, you know. Um, that's right. why I'm so angry right now that the, the Liberty, you know, the last couple of years has had to play out there in New Jersey because they're doing all the remodeling. I can't wait to get right. back to the garden. I mean, it's <laughs> special. <laughs> and the final question, should LeBron James stop dunking in pregame warm-ups? You know, he can keep dunking and people can keep watching and keep building his brand and keep the buzz going. At the end of the day, anything that LeBron does is spectacular. Great people are going to want to see. So if you're coming early to the game, enjoy what I say. Definitely, definitely. Swim, the book is Humble Journey. More precious, than, more precious than gold. It comes out March 6th. But fans can pre-order this book. Tell us how. Uh, they can pre-order it right now by going to swingcast.com. Uh, we have a link on the page to do pre-orders. But if not on March 6th, it will be available on ebooks. You can get, get it on Amazon. And you can always get it on my website, swingcast.com. Make sure you guys check me out at, on Twitter at swingcast and on Facebook back, backslash swingcast. Fans, go out and get the book. Humble Journey, More Precious Than Gold. It comes out March 6th, and, of course, you can pre-order it, swingcash.com. Go there, check it out, get this book. It's a great book. Swing, you did a great job here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Definitely, definitely. And uh, when it's all said and done, I need an autographed copy. Oh, I got you. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) Again, Humble Journey, More Precious Than Gold, the author, WNBA great. Swin Cash. Swin, it was a pleasure having you. Love to do it again. Good luck with this book. Good luck with the WNBA season. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Take care. Swin Cash, WNBA star, the book, Humble Journey, More Precious Than Gold. It's out in stores March 6th. Check it out. Go get it. Go grab it. It's a great read. Grab it and support some of the great things Swing Cash has going on. It's a great book. You know, I read some of it today. Interesting book. A lot of great stories. And I think a lot of compelling stories. And I think you're definitely going to like it. I think you're definitely going to like it. She pours her heart out. Pours her heart out. And that's a great thing. That's what you want to read. That's what you want to hear about. A person that pours their heart out. Gives her all in a book and she pours her heart out. It's going to be a great book. It's a great book. Make sure you go to swingcash.com. Support some of the great things Swingcash has going on. Another 13 minutes left in the show. And we're just looking around the world of sports this week. A lot of great, interesting, compelling stories going on this week. We have today in the NFL, LaShawn McCoy comes out and endorses Mike Vick in Philadelphia. 
He comes out and says point blank, I think Michael Vick is the starting quarterback. That's what he says. That's what he says. People forget, this is Mike Vick, McCoy went on to say. He went on to say he's got a lot to prove this year, but he's ready to roll. He knows people are questioning if he can get it done, and he's going to prove this year he can. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, Michael Vick is a very compelling story. Always has, always will. People love Michael Vick. They love, they hate him. Hate, they love. It's just the way it is when it comes to Michael Vick. Some people hate him, some people love him. And some people always hate him, and some people always love him. It's just who it is, who he is. It's just who he is. It's just who he is. And you look at Michael Vick, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, you look at Nick Foles, you look at all the things that the Philadelphia Eagles have to offer. And obviously Nick Foles is probably going to get traded, but at this point he hasn't. And with the deal with Alex Smith in Kansas City, who knows if he will be traded. It's who he's going to be traded. I think it's going to be Michael Vick as the starter, Dennis Dixon as the backup. That's how I see it. Vick as the starter, Dixon as the backup. But we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. We'll definitely see how it all plays out. But I look at Michael Vick and will he, will he be able to turn things around? Will he be able to turn things around? This is an opportunity to turn things around for him. Michael Vick is a guy who, in some level, has nine lives. I mean, came back from the dog fighting issue, came back from two bad seasons. I mean, let's be honest. Two bad seasons. Wasn't good for Michael Vick and the Philadelphia Eagles. Wasn't good not only for him, but it wasn't good for the Eagles as a whole. Wasn't good for the franchise as a whole. But over the years, Michael Vick has always been a compelling story. He will continue to be a compelling story. And according to LaShawn McCoy, Michael Vick, Michael Vick should be the starter for the Eagles. We shall see. We shall see. Also, going around the world of sports, Dwight Howard comes out and says, you know what? I want to play in the 2016 Olympics. I want to play in Rio. Howard will be 30 years old when that rolls around. He'll be 30 years old. So you wonder now, because of the back and then the shoulders and everything, and he's starting to become a little banged up, taking a lot of hits over the years, starting to become banged, starting to get a little banged up with the back, with the shoulder this year, and it's just all in all. You wonder if that's a good idea for him. You wonder if that's a good idea. But Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, he's not going to be coaching the team next year. He's not going to be coaching the Olympic team. He's done. But Dwight Howard says he will be there in Rio in 2012, 2016, excuse me. But maybe this is a good time for Dwight Howard to kind of sit, relax, and get that body right all in all moving forward. Michael Jordan today hit with a lawsuit, hit with a paternity suit. Apparently a woman in Atlanta 
says she father well says Michael Jordan fathered a child with her back in 1995. The lawsuit was filed on February 6th, and the court date is scheduled for March 12th. Michael Jordan, what happens? Is that his baby? Is that his baby? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying this out of the realm of possibility. I mean, let's be honest. The NBA player, and we all know the life that NBA players live. We all know some of the things that happens on the road. We know. We know. So we'll see. We'll see. The, the, the young man's name is Taj, and he made an official announcement on YouTube of all places, that he is Michael Jordan's son. Michael Jordan is his daddy. Maybe. And she's looking for some things from him. Child support and medical bills. Now, at the time, Jordan was married to his wife, Juanita. Whether or not true or not true, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him. I truly wouldn't put it past him. Definitely wouldn't put it past him. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll definitely see how that plays out. You wonder if if it does come out, whether or not it'll be quiet, whether or not they'll keep things a little quiet, and they'll have a you know a little settlement here, and she'll walk off, and uh, you know she'll have the money that she needs for Michael Jordan. He has enough money to 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 pay this away, to to get this away, and just poo poo it away. He has the money to do it. He does. He does have the money to do that. But again, she welcomes a paternity test, so she's she's certain, all but certain, that Michael Jordan is the father of her child, her 16-year-old child. And if he is, well, she's hit the jackpot. (laughs) Let's be honest. She has hit the jackpot. So you wonder how that situation is going to play out. But whether or not it happened or it didn't happen, I we'll see. Yeah, you know, people do lie. People do lie. So let's let's uh let's uh let's let this thing play out. Let's let this thing play out. And we'll take it from there. But let it play out and see truly what happened and what's going on. But you never know. You never know. You don't put anything by anybody in this world. We don't put people on pedestals here and go for it. We don't put people on pedestals here. We don't do that. That's something we don't do here. We talked about it numerous times. We don't put people on pedestals. Because if you put people on pedestals, 
you'll be disappointed day in and day out, week in and week out, night in and night out. That's just life. That's just reality. That is just reality. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with this whole situation. Just looking around the league, Mike Woodson of the New York Knicks pulls Jason Kidd out of the starting lineup for James White. And Jason Kidd is the guy who's been struggling lately. Shooting only 19% from the floor behind the three-point arc. 19% over the past 10 games. That's tough. That's tough. 19%. It's not good. That's not good. But Michael Jordan, not Michael Jordan, my guy Michael Jordan in the mind. Jason Kidd, I heard Stephen A. Smith say that he wouldn't be opposed to the Knicks sitting Jason Kidd down for the next month. Bring him back for the playoffs. I'm not sure that's not a bad idea, truthfully, to be honest, which I don't know if that's truly a bad idea. Jason Kidd, you know, he's old. An old man now. And, you know, you want him fresh at the most important time. The most important time are the playoffs. They are the most important times. So you want him fresh and ready to go at that moment. That's when you want him fresh and ready to go at that moment. You want him fresh, Jason Kidd, ready to go at that moment. That's when you want him to to be at his best. He's struggling right now. He's struggling. 39 years old. The body can't do what he used to do when he was young. It's just life. It's just life. Old man, uh, uh, father time, I should say, wins all the time. Undefeated, as Charles Barkley would say. Father Time is undefeated. Father Time loses to no one, to no man. Father Time doesn't lose to no man. But again, I think it's a great idea. Great idea. That the Knicks are shutting down, they're taking him out of the starting lineup, but I think it would be a great idea to shut him down completely. Shut him down completely. I think it would be a great idea. Stephen A. Smith called it, came up with. I think it would be a good idea. Truly think it would be a great idea. We'll see if it happens. I want to thank Kenny Anderson for, for stopping by. Follow him on Twitter at Chibs underscore one that's Chibs underscore one also follow him on Twitter at KA Basketball 7 also want to thank Swin Cash for stopping by follow her on Twitter at Swin Cash and also follow her go to her website I should say pre-order her book a great book support her book pre-order her book right now at her website go to the website check it out pre-order her book Go to SwingCash.com, SwingCash.com, and support her book, the great book, Humble Journey, More Precious Than Gold. It takes you down the road that she had to travel in order to get back 
to the Olympics in 2012. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. That's blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. Follow us on Twitter at go for again also want to thank Brian Sheriff, our TV insider, for stopping by. Follow him on Twitter at Brian Sheriff. For everybody here at Twitter, everybody here at go for it, I should say, we hope you have a great night and a great day. See you later. Take care. Bye.